Come one, come all to the After Dark Podcast. The podcast in which Sheriff Anthony does his best to wrangle Conrad through Westworld, one doggone episode at a time. So kick back and grab yourself some Apple Jack, or some Adam's Ale if that's your preferred poison, and get ready for these two wannabe cowboys to ramble the night away. Music was provided by the fantastic Nancy White and Jared Iscariot. Enjoy the show! Hello, and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. My name is Anthony James, would you believe, and that's Conrad. Hello! I didn't know that that was actually you starting then. I thought we were going... We, that's, you went... The, the listeners won't hear this. There's no way that they'll know, because you'll cut off everything before that. But Anthony literally just went... From conversation to podcast host <laughs> production in the blink of an eye. That's how professional he is. And yeah. I was I was caught off guard by it. Well the thing is, Conrad, the thing is like podcast for us is literally just us talking to each other. So I thought, <laughs> yeah. let's stop the pretense of being like, right, are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just bloody yeah. go. Let's go let's into the podcast. Crack on. Let's and crack here we on. are. You know, we're here in we are. Westworld once again. We're back. It's twenty twenty two and it's time to talk about Westworld. Yes, it is 2012, 2022 for us. I don't actually know what year it is in Westworld. Um, do you know? Mm, I'm going to say 2048. That's my guess. Because people, okay. like, whenever you make anything that's, like, vaguely sci-fi, it seems like the rule mm. of thumb is to set it roughly 20 years in the future. Because it's it's enough time for the, the technology to plausibly have taken, like, the massive leap forward required to create designer drugs or wh- whatever else they've got in Westworld. Yeah, well, 20, 20 to 30 years, because Back to the Future, of course, did the 30 years. We don't have the flying cars yet, but uh, one day. Sure. Uh, although, uh, you know the YouTuber Tom Scott? Do you know Tom Scott? Mm, no, I don't red, think so. Red t-shirt talks a lot. Well, he's a, he's a really good uh, really good YouTuber, and 10 years ago, he predicted the future. And a lot of the things he predicted were actually come true. Now, he has unfortunately predicted the future again for 10 years from now. And it might spell bad news for us, Conrad, because he's predicted that, although he's a YouTuber and he likes long-form video... He's, produced, he's predicted that there'll be no money in YouTube anymore because it'll all be uh, TikTok-style short videos. He thinks that uh, just like blogs were eliminated by Twitter, he thinks that long-form video is going to be eliminated by uh, TikTok-style videos. I think that's probably correct, to be honest. But, I mean, let's be real. If we were getting into this for the money, we would have done it 10 years ago. It's rough, not so much the money. It's not so much the money I worry striking about. Striking while the iron is hot. Yeah, but it's not so much the money I worry about. Like, I think, uh, as he made a good point... Google in the past have cancelled their websites when they haven't been profitable anymore. So they did cancel their blogs, Google Writer. I can't remember exactly what it was called. So they all, they were all lost. If you had a blog on that, it's gone. So the the worry is now is that ten years time they'll just like cancel all of YouTube and all of the videos everyone's made are gone. Oh, if they did that, there would be uproar. Where would the people go <laughs> to watch their Markiplier? Five Nights at Freddy's reaction videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From Where would they go to watch their Bob Mortimer Would I Lie to You compilations? Ah, oh, <laughs> I would. My life would be legitimately worse if I didn't have access to the yeah. Bob Mortimer Would I Lie to You stories. Quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would be too. Um. Okay. Well, there we go. We're into Westworld anyway. So this, <laughs> it's been a while to be honest with you since we've watched Westworld. Uh, Conrad and I. We took a break for Christmas, and then because of schedules, we couldn't get it done last week. So we were just like. We'll just put it up next week. So that's what we're doing. So you're seeing this well after Christmas. So yeah. we'll just come back from our Christmas break. But we've, we've had four- a very lazy Christmas break. But right. to be honest, season four is probably going to be coming out <laughs> by the time we finish <laughs> this uh, Westworld. Uh, but yeah, okay. So I think overall, Connor, I'll be honest with you. 
I am still enjoying Westworld, but if I've seen this season before, and I think that if I wasn't doing the podcast with you, I wouldn't be watching it for pleasure. I, uh, yeah, I think so. There's like pre- there's presentational and like design elements that I really like in this season. I think the cyberpunk stuff mm-hmm. when when they just lean into it, I really like. Um, I think the problem is there's not a lot of depth really yeah. to this season or well no i'll rephrase that there is depth but it's not really depth that they haven't explored before like this idea of kind of breaking away from one's fate Mm -hmm. and you know one person having a god complex that allows them to dictate the lives of of thousands or millions of others it's all stuff we've kind of done before we did that in the first season really so all they've really done is kind of jumbled up the cast and changed the setting and they're revisiting a lot of the themes and ideas that they looked at in the first season um which is not to say i dislike it but it's just it's less it's inherently less interesting if they just do it all again um than it was the first time we saw it um but i mean there is still some good stuff in this episode i I think um engeron serac is He's interesting. He's now Anthony Hopkins. Um, you know, yeah. he like it's it's like I like Vincent Cassell a lot, and I think he's a really good actor. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, Anthony Hopkins is uh, is you know one of the arguably one of the greatest living actors. Um, well, I don't actually think that's particularly controversial <laughs> to say Anthony <laughs> Hopkins is one of the greatest living actors at the moment. Um, so that's a hard act to follow. Um, I do like his weird watch. I don't understand how he reads oh, yeah. it. Um, I would be fascinated to hear them explain <laughs> how that Well, works. I'm pretty sure I know how it reads it. Like, it's, I don't think it's meant to tell the detail that you think it's telling. I think it's literally no, just... Literally he, can, he can just see if it's like a perfect circle or whatever that that it's like a perfect thin circle that everything's going to plan everything's going to plan imagine if in episode 8 though it is just literally it's just a fancy swatch and it's like oh it's 10 past 10 and and, that's how he knows everything's going to plan it just turns into a normal watch (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's uh, that's its final form Um, okay yeah I mean that's uh, I think that's called a design element that I enjoy them continually returning to I the the framing device of him narrating his backstory is a little odd. I think talking uh, to who is he talking to Rehoboam? Well, that that's what I that's kind of what I mean. Is like that traditionally with like a framing device like this, you you need at the end of the episode you pull back to reveal the context in which that character mm-hmm. is talking. And I didn't really get any sense of that in this episode. And it's it's no. one of a number of things in this episode that feel like their style over substance. The other one being. Um, the genre drug which i love mm. i think that's a great idea great and idea. i think it's brilliantly executed i love i love like the different that it makes no sense it's nonsense but yeah. i love it the, the idea that you go through like different genres of film <laughs> or whatever but it had nothing to do with the episode like it didn't play into the story of the episode in any way shape or form as far as i could tell it was just no. just there to be cool like, i don't understand how it works i know i know we have to sort of <laughs> leave, leave that at the door but like, yeah, I would understand just if Caleb in. still still had his implant turned on, I would be like, okay, yeah, that makes perfect sense. But he's just like a normal man who's taking a drug and so- yeah. suddenly hearing. They found this. a way to make a a liquid that you inject and it makes you think you're in a romantic comedy or whatever. Yeah, it was what, what, like, was... what is going on? Like, you know, it's so strange. <laughs> and I just yeah. thought to myself, I thought to myself, okay, okay, it's a it's a cool idea, and like it's one of those ones where it's like the idea is worth just letting us know about it. 
The execution yeah. was a bit bleh. And then as well as that, um, I say bleh, actually, I mean meh. Bleh implies that I was disgusted by it. I was not. I just found it a bit boring. But I will also say that uh, I think it was they were trying to use it as like a device to get us through the middle of this episode. Yes, yeah, they absolutely were. This episode was really just like uh, people on the run trying to execute a plan, being chased mm. by people. Um, and that's all it really was. Uh, and oh, yeah. And then we yeah. were also getting the backstory of Serac uh, in the meantime. Yeah. Um, but it, I, yeah, but, but I, I, like, I totally agree with you, and I think it's a bit frustrating that they come up with something so cool, and there's a lot of really, really fun presentational elements to that and stylistic elements to that that they use, you know, like the black and white stuff with like yeah. the kind of film noir soundtrack and all, all that jazz. Very, very cool. All it's a jazz. shame that they couldn't, they couldn't exactly. Oh, there should have been a, 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 a an all that jazz point in it where uh, where he starts <laughs> uh, acting like Roy Scheider. Um, it's just a shame that they couldn't figure out a way to work that into the narrative of the episode in a meaningful way because mm-hmm. it did, as you say, it just felt like they were putting it in there because they felt like the middle needed to be sort of zhuzhed up a little bit. Yeah. So put in some random stylistic stuff, which is an odd thing to say about the section of your episode which contains a car chase and multiple cars blowing up. Because yes. no- normally that's the bit that you'd be like, that's fine. We don't need to worry <laughs> about that bit. That's going to keep eyes on it just by being loud and exciting. But clearly they didn't have any faith in their car chase. Well, talk- talking actually, well, the car chase was interesting because she like hacked into the car and all. But yeah, the more it was like, uh, yeah. which Bond film was it where he drives the car from the back seat? Is it Tomorrow Never Dies? It's one of the Brosnan ones where he's on like no, a phone in the back remember. seat driving it. it was, oh yes, yes, I'd actually do. <laughs> I think it might be The World Is Not Enough. Let me know in the comments because I can't remember. But it's, well, it's, uh, it's not it's not as good as um he what he did in the what's the one where they go to the ice palace? Die oh, another day. Christ, die uh, where another he where day, he, sur- yeah. he surfs. Remember the surfing scene? Yeah. Yep, I remember that. I remember that being some of the worst special effects I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> ah, it was top quality, top quality stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, basically, my favorite part of the action was whenever the guys got out of the car, went to shoot Caleb, um, Dolores threw herself in front of him, took the bullets, yeah. which it does make me think, like, what was going on with Dolores back when she met Caleb? Was she was she was she playing possum? Like what? What was actually going on? Because this is, so, okay, sometimes hmm. she gets injured, sometimes she doesn't. I don't really. Get the, it. This is my problem with that because I I think in isolation, my my sort of prediction for Dolores and Caleb's relationship and Dolores's character arc in this series was going to be that Dolores coming into this season was kind of the bad guy. In season two, her goal was to basically pay humanity back for what it had done to her people so i thought a natural arc for her character in this season was going to be oh actually she's going to get to know caleb she's going to realize that not all humans are scumbags and she's going to eventually give her life to protect him um Mm -hmm. and the the problem with how fast and loose they have played with hosts and the way they respond to physical damage is i don't know whether her getting shot there is a fatal wound that she's just carrying on regardless of mm-hmm. or whether it's just she's just like the terminator and it's like oh whatever it's fine i'm going to i'm going to move on and I, and i i suspect that the injury is going to come back later on because it just seems like an odd thing to just shrug off when it's like a moment that you could potentially have some you know emotional uh, an emotional high point between those characters but it was robbed of some of that because i was sitting there like Okay, uh, is this just like the bit where Arnie grabs John Connor and turns his back as the T-1000 shoots him a bunch of times and we're just going to move on from this or is it something more? 
Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I, I felt there was a bit of an emptiness there too. But I, like, she has done it before. This is like it's flip flopping. She's done it before yeah. where she's taken bullets and nothing's happened, and she's done it. Before, and, and there's other been times where she's been shot and been really injured. I don't really understand the uh, the, the how that works. To be honest with you, I think that yeah. the the main reason they've done this very clearly to me is that they wanted to plant the seed of uh, into Caleb's mind that she's not a human being. Uh, because mm. he doesn't actually know that she's a host I yet. So. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I had actually, to be honest, and this is one of a number, of, that's one of a number of things that I had probably forgotten, having not mm-hmm. watched Westworld for about three weeks. Um, as I said to you before we started recording, I also couldn't remember who was chasing them. I was just like, <laughs> someone's chasing them. Someone's after Liam. And uh, <laughs> it'll be revealed in Lee time. Sizemore. <laughs> Lee Sizemore. Lee Sizemore's after Liam for some reason. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Maeve's out there. Maeve and uh, Hiroyuki Sanada are after are after him <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, I, I I suppose he doesn't know she's a host, so that is um, potentially why they did it. I hadn't considered that, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's well, that is why they did it. But it still is inconsistent. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. Thinking about it, and and it's they're kind of always inconsistent with it though. Like some, even in the last season, Dolores was getting shot in the shoulder, and then she'd be like, "Ah, it's fine, whatever." And yeah. then other hosts would be shot once, and they die. Well, she's like, it, yeah, it, I think there is difference between Dolores and the other ones though, because like she's gaining consciousness apparently means you can just get shot whenever you want. Um, did that? Did they say? What about a brain juice? What about a brain juice? Well, yeah, exactly. Like the the brain nut thing's just been dropped. We haven't heard about that for a while. Um, <laughs> Did did they? I can't remember if they confirmed in season one or two that they had replaced her old skeleton with one of the new ones that's just all flesh. Or was she they, still running? I think on they the have done stuff? that because they had to reprint her. Yeah, so she probably isn't. Oh, your... they did have to reprint her, didn't they? Yeah. yeah so so okay. she probably actually isn't that old one anymore, unless unless the machine she has is an old machine which has to print like that. But yeah, that wouldn't be the printing that... though. That was actually made, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that was the whole idea was that you could like kind of you could like 3D print skin, but you yeah. can't 3D print like metal frames for whatever reason. So yeah, that it always seems like sense. it's more realistic to print metal frames than it is yeah. to print. <laughs> yeah, you would have thought it'd be easier to be honest, and the materials are probably easier to find as well because yeah. you know we have metal. We've had metal for a long time. Like just that's like ch- uh... just chumming human beings into this machine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to use them. That's material. actually what Rehoboam is. It's just, when it, when Rehoboam's going to open up at the end yeah. of the season, it's just going to be an enormous like thresher that they just toss <laughs> bodies into and they're just turned into mulch and then they use them to build. It's hosts. actually the uh, trash compactor from Star Wars. It's actually a little known <laughs> yeah. fact. Um, with a little eye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So, Sarak's uh, backstory. Before we get into the actual backstory, we do yeah. actually have him president, uh, president, president, president. No, I'm just going to stop that joke. Visiting the president of Brazil. I was trying to say presidenting the visit of Brazil because uh, yeah. I accidentally did it, but then that sort of went off the rails, Conrad. But uh, the pre- <laughs> the president of Brazil, Sarak visits. I thought you nailed it. Yeah, no, no, well, we got there in the end. Like, um, but uh, apparently he's uh, not happy with uh, the things that Serac is demanding of him. And then Serac yeah. reminds him, but hang on a minute, uh, I can make your life a living hell. It's all sort of a threat. And he also said that, remember, this was the deal whenever we got you elected. Uh, so mm. that was pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, the, the, the Illuminati shadow yeah. master who, you know, manipulates global politics from, from you know, their... their ivory tower uh, as, as, as i've always thought that idea was so unrealistic and i think the way they portray it in this is really unrealistic because it's like one guy and one machine 
Yeah. And and like the idea is like how do, how the hell does one guy keep abreast of every situation of everywhere yeah. in the world? It doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, it's also like. I mean, there'd obviously be reasons not to do this, but the whole point of that position of someone who manipulates, you know, global politics or whatever from from the shadows is that no one knows who you are, so you can't be held accountable for anything. Yeah. But like, if if Engelrod Serac is just like waltzing around having meetings with like embattled presidents of like mid-revolution countries, people are going to start asking questions about that. Not to mention the fact that. I know it's 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 designed to make his control over over uh, the nations of Earth seem absolute, but realistically, that Brazilian president could have just had him killed, and then it would have been like, well, there you go, that's the end of that. Then no more shadow yeah. shadow puppets. But <laughs> <laughs> well, also, Zarak's an idiot because when he oh, this yeah. is the thing when he visits his own people, he he like, sort of. Uh, force ghosts is himself yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. But when he, he visits, he palpatines the... his way to them yeah. to keep them from his. When he goes to threaten the president of Brazil, <laughs> he goes on a plane. Like... He goes on a plane, walking through a parade of armed guards. It's like <laughs> you haven't thought this one through. Well, although having said that, maybe you did think it through because that turned out to be the right choice. In this really episode. Did well, to be honest, and it probably to be him being there in real in person probably made it more hey, threatening. Why did? The Scottish man blow himself up in this episode. I don't understand. You mean why Mar- he did Marty? That. Marty. Marty. Don't uh, act like you knew that. Like we, uh, <laughs> had to, we had to look his name up before before we recorded. Martin Connors. I don't understand why he blew himself up. Um. Well, it's because the story was written, uh, Conrad. You can't have too many characters going into season four. But like. If if he blew himself up thinking Engelrond was in the room and it turned out he was a force ghost, that would have been fine. I would have been totally okay with that. But he knew he wasn't in the room. He saw him turn like turn into a uh, or like you know apparate from in hologram form. Mm. So all he was doing was blowing up the lady who hasn't spoken since episode one, and it just felt a bit. Well, they had to kill her because she has to go off and do Guardians of the Galaxy. But ah um, uh, yeah, that's what it was. That's hundred percent what that is. But <laughs> yeah. Connell's I feel sorry for him. He wasn't that bad of a character. Obviously it was it that was, was really it, it was really Dolores inside there. The 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 reason the the reason why did you remember that by the way? After uh, three, yes, three that, I remembered <laughs> I, I remembered the disappointment of all the all the hosts just being Dolores, which was yeah. So I can imagine Dolores is kind of the only thing Dolores is afraid of is herself, I'd imagine. And I think mm. that she probably wants to end the other Doloreses uh, once they've done their job. So while she still has some modicum oh, okay. of control over them, my I would imagine that she put into them like you you have to listen to me because eventually when they start like sort of becoming their own person, as we see with the Charlotte Dolores sort yeah. of becoming her own person, she'll lose control of her. And then you know we all know what Dolores is like. She'll she'll probably uh, turn on her as well. So. Um, I, I can understand why the real Dolores would want to build yeah. in the the end of that. Dolores. Oh, I can. Yeah, I mean, I can understand wanting it to end its own life. I just think there's probably a better way of doing it. Yeah, like uh, it was a big show, wasn't it? <laughs> there was no need. Yeah, it was a big a big song and dance to essentially minorly inconvenience uh, Engel Ronserak, or not even really inconvenience him at all. Just reveal that. Um, that his his right hand man in insight is dead essentially. I yeah that's yeah that's the thing. Like there was a lot of pre- preparation for that stupid death. Like they yeah. they the whole time they were getting the bomb, putting the bomb underneath the desk, wiring it into the little uh, the <laughs> yeah. little card that could swish next to it, um, yeah. putting it in, you know the Bluetooth keyboard that they used to detonate. Yeah, all this setup that they had for this. Did none of them think why don't we just shoot her? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> just shoot her and then have him shoot himself. And like be done. We can, like, it's much easier than this whole song and dance that we're doing. Right. Here. That's not the biggest stupid thing in this episode, though. The stupidest thing in this episode. Now, we will get in, like, we'll, we'll maybe talk about now the, uh, the, the, the backstory of uh, Ingelbert Hupperdink. But the. Yep. The stupidest thing of that, before we, well, we're going to jump around, I'm sure, but we'll go back to the start of it in a minute. But I want to just mention this. The stupidest thing of this whole episode is the idea that this man, um, Elon Musk, basically, the uh, the man who's investing in the Rehoboam with the two brothers, yeah. uh, who is is like uh, Elon Musk projecting himself out to the world like he's the genius, and all, but he's actually just putting his money in. He's looking at a board uh, that's that's got the stock market on it. Yeah. And it very clearly shows that the investment has grown and is now a hundred million yeah and looking at this this businessman who's apparently so rich that he's funded this whole thing is looking at this stock market board that's the only reason he wants this machine remember and he said you stole a hundred million from the the company he doesn't understand how stock grows (laughs) right that's not we can't all be experts at everything I, i mean I feel like that is ridiculous. Don't make no mistake about it. That is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard anyone say, particularly a <laughs> businessman. Like I know that, and I'm terrible with money. But by the end of this episode, I feel like they've... I didn't even catch this character's name. I just wrote down Liam's dad is, is how I know this guy. Um, they had established that he was a complete and utter moron um, yep. because by the end of this episode, he finds out that Engeron Serac has essentially imprisoned and experimented on his own brother because his brother wanted to pull apart what they'd built again the arnold and um and what's his face um comparisons from season one are um oh it's exactly the same right right there like they're they're just they're not even hiding it with that but whatever like uh, but i mean obviously the characters aren't developed at all because we haven't even heard about this brother until right now but uh, so we we know that anger on by the end of this episode we already knew before this but but this character liam's dad knows that he is utterly ruthless if like his brother was getting in his way so he, Mm. he basically locked him up and experimented on him and he is driven out to a remote area of the desert with no one around to help him and then begins talking about how he's going to go public to Engeron Serac and essentially <laughs> threatening him and saying you've gone too far I'm going to tell everyone about this and he, and and he's just he's like being marched to the open grave where he's going to be murdered at the end of this and he's still just like I've got the upper hand here like he is a moron and then like obviously he dies and then and then that's the end of the episode so I feel like they pay off his stupidity in a in a very funny way. Uh, maybe they didn't intend it to be funny, but I laughed out loud when he has his head beaten in against the wing of a plane. <laughs> yeah, like I was like as well. You had the so there's so much effort to cover this up. Is there anyone going to believe that that man flew out of the window of a plane and hit his head on the wing? <laughs> yeah, multiple times yeah. as well. Like, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, like boom, boom, boom. Uh, yeah. I don't really think that 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 would pass the sniff test there. Uh, no, honest. but uh, yeah. So also, um, so he died from stupidity, whereas his son died from uh, bigotry, basically. That yeah. some of some of the things Liam was saying, I really was expecting him to use the term gutter snipe at some point. It was absolutely bad, like classism. To, yeah, to, uh, classism. To the, yeah, yeah, all over out the, place. the wazoo. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I um, yeah. I, I I kind of I really like that bit where they where they like sh- basically share everyone's um oh yeah like Rehoboam profile or insight profile, I guess it is, and like the path that Rehoboam is calculated for. Them. I I do really like that. The one the one bit that i didn't enjoy at all the one part of it 
is the fucking somber violin rendition of Space Odyssey that plays a <laughs> uh, Space Odyssey rather that plays that bit that can absolutely fuck off like play the real and, and I know that they've done it a lot like I, I'm kind of cherry picking my argument a bit here because Westworld has made its bones doing uh, yeah, instrumental yeah, yeah. covers of pop songs but for some reason I think it's just because it's like this somber violin cover that reminds me of like film trailers and video game trailers where they're going to do you know like a, a slower version of Mad World over Gears of War or something like that it, it just really rubbed me the wrong way and uh, yeah I didn't I didn't enjoy it for that reason um, interesting and then- I, okay I, I personally I thought it was okay uh, I like, Nowhere near my favorite rendition of that song in a film or mo- or TV show. Um, and that is, of course, in Mr. Deeds, Adam Sandler. Jang, 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 jang. But, uh... <laughs> awful. What an awful, an awful example to choose. Um, I, I, will, I will suggest... Uh, I will actually just mention, rather, not suggest, one other thing about the music in this before we move on. And that is... I, I don't know if you would ne- or anyone would necessarily notice this. Um, the only reason I noticed it is because I was making a video on The Shining, like, a month ago. They use the adaptation of the Gregorian chant, Dies Irae, that was made for The Shining when they're walking along the beach uh, seconds before Liam is shot. That kind of like synthy, synthy song that's playing as they're walking along the oh, beach really? before, before Liam gets shot. And it's bizarre because they must have licensed that. And I don't understand why they did it because 99% of people aren't going to recognize it. Like, it's not like. Would HBO, would HBO own. Uh, or be or be owned by the same company that would that would own that license. Uh, I'm trying to think who put out Doctor Sleep. I can't remember. Not to say that they necessarily own the own the rights to distribute The Shining. It, it may, there must be some kind of licensing thing in there because it was just a really weird moment where I, I was like that the the song started and it's really obvious in the score and and I was like really taken aback by it because it's just an odd choice. Uh, I mean, it's a good piece of music, but it's just. There aren't that many people out there who are going to be like, "Oh, this is Dies Irae from The Shining," and um, you know, which it's appropriate. It means Day of Wrath, which is what Liam experienced at the end there. But uh... or maybe it's yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like it's it's leading to the idea that he's losing his mind as well. Um, you know, Possibly, like just yeah. just like The Shining, but uh, very layered mm. this show. Uh, yeah, so there's lot, there's lots going on, lots of crazy stuff, lots of stupid people. The whole releasing of the stuff is really interesting because we talked we mentioned before that Dolores is modus operandi seemed to be that she was gonna just like go and like make her kind the superior kind and then all of a sudden now it's not even that she hates humans she's trying to free them of their bonds um so it's almost like she's actually she's working for the for the on the human side which is like not the character they built uh no i i think it works for the season as a standalone but it's not the character we saw in season two yeah I, i i feel Dolores is kind of all things to all storylines in this show and I I don't know I can't really put my finger on why it doesn't bother me as much in season 3 as it did in season 2 because in season 2 you felt the absence of Dolores' character from season 1 because they essentially got rid of her character and were like she's going to be the antagonist of this show now and we're not really going to explore why she's as angry as she is or why she's as vengeful as she is she just is because we need someone to be the kind of driving force for um, for the destruction of, of humanity or whatever her goal was mm-hmm. in this season it doesn't bother me as much even though I think you're absolutely right I think if you reflect on it it's like they haven't really done very much, aside from Caleb saving her life, to change her mind about humans. And it's not like she'd never come across a good human 
at any point in her life prior yeah. to the events of Westworld. So yeah, it, it's it doesn't bother me that much though. Actually, for this one, I think I think maybe just because there's other good characters in this season of the show in a way that there weren't really in season two. Yeah, I want to see more of uh, Dolores Charlotte. I, I, where's she gone? Um, I, th- yeah. I find that character really interesting, to be honest with you. Maeve, obviously, as well. What's going to happen with Maeve? It's, we'll see. Wait and see. But yeah, so um, was there anything I missed, Conrad? Anything that you wanted to mention? Uh, we've we've um, sort of mentioned most of the big points. Um, we've got we've got the what I'm assuming is going to be resolved at some point in the next four episodes, potentially the next one. The the kind of um, mystery that we're left with coming out of this is uh, the sort of truth of Caleb's past. Yeah. Um, Liam left him with a with a, a cryptic hint uh, that he's perhaps not who he thinks he is, or maybe his memories aren't quite um, aren't quite correct. So I'll be interested to see where that goes. Um, it's presumably he's going to be the one responsible for his friend's death. That's that seems like the the obvious play there, but mm. um, I, I'll be interested to see what they do with it. Yeah. Um. So also, Liam. Liam was saying to him, "You don't like. You don't even know what you who you are. Like, like you don't even know what you are." That's yeah. interesting as well. The idea that Liam would know more about Caleb. You know. Um. Also, uh, just to mention as well, there was also like the also the experiments that were going on, uh, where they're trying to change these. What are they called? Deviants. What do they call them? I can't remember. But the people it's who are like, like that. Yeah. People who are un <clears throat> un unpredictable. Um, yeah. What do you think about this? The idea that they're uh, experimenting on changing people's nature. Um, well, I mean, I think that's isn't a, that's kind of inherent in the Rehoboam process. Was my read of that that they figured out a way to essentially alter people to fit the path that Rehoboam had calculated for them, and I know Rehoboam mm. was obviously manipulating. Uh, slightly more material factors, but it was to just the ones who well. were completely off the deep end that they were that they sort of Hoboam couldn't mm. predict for them. So I think the idea was that Sirak was trying to change them so that they could be predicted. So they was trying to like take all the kick, the, the care out of them. To be honest yeah. with you, what it feels like to me is like they they just they wanted an analogy for like the uh, the body shop that was in Westworld where like yeah. uh, Felix and all were there and they were changing, you know, taking the hosts who went off their loops and trying to fix them. They wanted somewhere in the real world that would be exactly the same as Westworld, you know? Yeah. No, I think I, that that's an interesting idea and I think that's that's probably pretty close to the truth, I think. Also, okay, just to end then, uh, we'll end with the little quote from the show uh, when um, the genre drug wears off and he's walking out. Everyone's found out about their data being shared by this big company, much like real life. And then as if uh, the metaphor, what they're going for this season wasn't obvious enough when he says, what genre is this? And then the guy goes, this is reality. Uh, <laughs> it's a real, it's a real welcome to earth moment that you stick that, stick that in your trailer. That's what, that's, that's where it. that goes. Yeah. Well, that's, that's pretty good. Okay, Conrad. Well, thanks very much for joining me on this episode. Uh, I'm sure you'll be back next week. Will you, will you join me again next week? Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm not. I've not got anything better to do. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much, guys. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, uh, anything like that, let us know in the uh, comment section below. Give the video a like. That really does help. And subscribe. Why not? If you haven't already, I'm, I doubt anyone's listening at this point uh, if they haven't subscribed. Uh, but thanks very much, guys. And we'll see you later. Goodbye. Goodbye.